I say Africa must wake up the sleeping sons of Jacob for what tomorrow may bring may our be dynasty on the morning bliss can you tell me young ones who are we today let's talk about our dynasty people that have shaped us people that have been our foundation in shaping who we are and this morning i am joined by our guest that's Khafela uh, uh playwright director spokes um spoken ear artist okay that you have to explain to me Khafela there musician arts educate um educator and activist good morning and a warm warm welcome to you know morning bliss yeah, I thank you. So I like much. the way you're uh, laughing. Don't laugh. <laughs> we never stop learning, Hafela. We never no, stop learning. I, I am not <laughs> laughing at you. I'm just uh, enjoying the enthusiasm. Uh, thank you for inviting me and good morning to you. <laughs> you're laughing with me. <laughs> not at <laughs> me. <laughs> no, not that you. I'm, I'm enjoying the enthusiasm. Okay. Getting, a, <laughs> getting a little bit more serious. So, yes, uh, Donato Francisco Matera. I, talking to that man used to be so exciting. He was so full of wisdom. I mean, have we have we learned anything? But maybe let's start off by just giving a bit of background so that whoever who does not know uh, Donato Francisco Matera mm. will understand maybe why my also my enthusiasm in the background here. Oh. Yeah, hey, Praton, uh, as I used to call him, or Brazinga, fantastic writer, well known as a poet, I think passed on last year, right? Um, yeah, uh, well known as a poet. I know him mainly, I think, or rather, I, I've come to appreciate him mainly for his work also as a, as a, as a playwright which uh, many people do not pay attention to because I think when I met him, it was in 1988. Uh, I was a student at FUBA. And I think around that time, he had just written a play called Apartheid in the Court of History. And because it was still in fresh in his spirit, in his body and, and all, so it was always at his tongue, you know that uh, he would be talking about it all the time. So somehow, since I was, I think, about 18 there, that, that play has stayed with me. So, and, I, I, and I'm assuming that, you know, uh, Bradon, because he's also had encounters with so many people and influenced so many people, there are things that he left with, with a lot of people. I, I know my younger brother loves the poem, See and Send, My Love, My Land, you know, because we, we grew up on that stuff, a lot of us. Mm. And he, he wrote quite a lot of stuff. I mean, he also wrote for, uh, uh, you know, numerous newspapers. In terms yeah. of influencing our narrative, what's, what, was, what is your view? Because I can tell... Uh, from from how you're speaking about him, the passion that that's coming through, do you do you think from your point of view that he really made an impact, or whatever he uh, wrote fell on deaf ears? No, no, I, I I think he's one of those who are very very influential. I, I have no doubt that he 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 was very influential, and not just what he wrote, I mean, because I think 
Look, uh, Brad Dodd was a spoken word artist, and I'm talking about it in the broad sense that, you know, he could uh, also tell stories. He had a fantastic relationship with his grandma. He could speak so fluently that they, that language. So now why I'm saying this, because, you know, Bradon was also at the heart of the black consciousness movement, right? And as a person known as a Khaled, uh, it was interesting how he opened up, you know, uh, this other side of the conversation with people that uh, apartheid, because uh, apartheid wanted to divide us, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in his, in his uh, uh, attempt, really, to, to, to speak to uh, this world, both of them, as, as Morolo, as, you know, and all these other things. So he tried, he, he's in his, part of his work was to bridge this gap where people are divided because others think they are black, others think they are colored, and they think it's a big deal. But, you know, uh, him as a personality, I mean, he embraces both worlds, you know. So so there was that element even among the, 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 I wouldn't say, uh, the, 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 how do we put it, with without insulting people? Uh, uh, <laughs> but but you see uh, uh, the the so-called thugs, you know, the rough elements of society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bradon had a language, uh, and whenever there was a problem uh, in the ghettos and they needed someone to speak to the gangster, Bradon yeah. understood how to to do that. So just. Just the, 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 the human being for me was very exciting, the dynamic human being. <clears throat> that uh, on the one end, he could speak this high English with professors and whatever you, but now put him in the street and walk with Bradon in the street, you will see. And how many people really would, hey, Bradon, hey, Brazinga, whatever, you know. So, so, and this is the man that. I knew, and th- when I talk about influence, this is what I'm talking about. You know, uh, being able to walk in the streets and you are conversing with people that uh, uh, like with everyone. So yes, this influence is definitely uh, alive to me, at least, then, and I think uh, to those who 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 he has uh, uh, touched, uh, he he was really indeed a, a people's person uh, at the heart of it. Mm. Let's take a small break and uh, letting our listeners know that, well, I am chatting to Khafela Wamhohodi, a playwright, director, as well as musician, artist, educator, artist, um, activist. And we're just breaking down, you know, history. And today we're zoning in, or should I say, put the spotlight on uh, Bradon uh, Matera. He was an amazing writer and an educator. And there are some few things that a lot of people don't know about Bradon, especially his background. This is quite fascinating. When we get back, we will uh, delve into it. It's. I say, I say, Africa must wake up. The sleeping sons of Jacob for what tomorrow may bring. May Our dynasty on the morning bliss. Can you tell me, young ones, who are we today? 
and the history of Don Matera. And I'm speaking to Khafela Wamahohodi and just breaking down Brad Don's history. So his grandfather was an Italian immigrant who married a Kosa, or rather a Khoisan woman from Cape Town. A lot of people, I'm sure, have no clue of the origin of uh, uh, Bradon. And for, mm. for, for us to know, you know, it's, it's an epitome. It's almost like the, the epitome of what you would call a mixed individual. Italian, Cosa, Tswana. It's, it's, it's a real mixed masala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it is a, a mixed masala. But can I just quickly uh, 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 disturb you? Totally. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm disturbed by the word Khoisan. Okay. I, I don't think there are people called Khoisan. I think it's an invention from elsewhere. I think there are Khoi people. Mm-hmm. There are San people. So it's like saying a person is a, an Anglo-Boer when you say you're Khoisan. But let's, let's keep that part. Yeah, so... Bradon, for me, yeah, as as we say, had had this thing about him, uh, which is, uh, and that that thing that ran in his blood is what also was how he conducted himself, a person who's able to cross, you know, a a boundary of, of identity. And, you know, speak in different languages, plant himself in all sorts of circumstances that allowed him to access, uh, I mean, this, uh, everyone. So, so uh, uh, in many ways, as I've said before, and I remember uh, very recently having a conversation with Teddy Matera, his son, around just the, the idea of black consciousness and what it meant, particularly in 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 El Dorado Park, places like that, which are traditionally known as, as colored areas, and so forth. Uh, so now, what we have there uh, is that you know there's always tension around blackness and whether people are you know as you as you know now there's this idea we were we were not. Uh, white enough back then, now we are not black enough. So this question still linger in some ways and one wishes, you know, you had to have a voice like Badon in terms of, you know, showing people you know, uh, their, 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 their uh, uh, common origins and also the idea that, you know, uh, human beings uh, 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 in many ways at the heart of it are, are the same, you know. So and this is what 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 really came through his is what what he called a, a compassion and, and I remember him well I mean some some things I didn't agree with him saying compassion <clears throat> is the highest religion and that was how he in many ways he attempted to bring uh, every everything together. This was later, maybe in, in his in his in his, in his uh, 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 life, because in my view, I see him as as an evolving human being, like the rest of us. You know, when he started off, of course, I mean, in the seventies, eighties, it was a heated time. You know, seventies, eighties, it was heated. So, uh, I think at the time there was very little room for compassion. 
especially uh, uh, embracing those whom we call the enemy. It was a period of, you know, uh, 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 flames and, 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 you know, uh, and so forth. So people were fighting. So the, the, the language then of Brazinga was different, uh, but as he grew up, he started embracing the uh, humanity in the, in the broader sense, you know. I mean, these are things that, of course, uh, I, I would appreciate about him, a man who is aware that also with time you, you adjust yourself and you, 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 because you cannot be a doctrinaire in life, otherwise it, it creates an, a very narrow path. Mm. And when, when you take a look at, at his work, what was one piece of work that was so outstanding that you keep on going back to as a point of reference? Very recently, I was reading the play Apartheid in the Court of History with students right in my class. And that's the play, that, that's the work that I go back to. And I, I love that work in the way that, uh, of course, I mean, as a playwright, there are things that I find particularly interesting, how the imagination dances in that piece. Uh, I mean, he speaks about apartheid uh, in a very, very interesting way. For instance, apartheid in that play is a character in chains and he appears in court. And in this courtroom, the prosecutor is the people, right? And then, then you have a very fantastic uh, uh, satiric uh, scenario there where, where, where you know, sometimes even Fervood would come back from the grave. But when he realized that the courtroom is heated, he, he refuses to, 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 to testify because he thinks that it's going to be... The, 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 uh, what you might call it, uh, 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 gonna, uh, the trial will also, you know, uh, uh, capsize him. Uh, so so uh, the same with, with uh, uh, what the, uh, uh, his name, uh, KK, comes from the grave, you know. So, so he, Bradon played a lot uh, uh, with, with uh, the way, uh, and that's what I appreciated about the play. And I was saying uh, the other day that when you look at that play, it was in 1988, apartheid is in change. So obviously, the exercise of the imagination there, he was expressing a wish uh, of apprehending this monster. So the way then the, the, the imagination for Bradon worked, and this is the thing that he used to emphasize when we worked together uh, uh, since I was a youth or when he gave me workshops. But, you know, yes, I mean, there is your reality, but, you know, there's a sense in which as a, as a writer, you have the, 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 the tool of play. You know, you can play, you can imagine things, you can, you know, reorder reality as a writer and I find him doing that quite 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 strongly within apartheid in the court of history uh, 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 you'll remember that uh, by making apartheid uh, the people the prosecutor the I guess history is the judge and these are like characters in the place so he he personifies these this, 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 uh, this characters like the folk uh, you know uh, uh, speaks for apartheid within the, the, the courtroom a very very uh, interesting satirical play, and and as I was saying, that the, the the people, as a prosecutor, presents a very very powerful tool because then, you know, at the time the prosecutor was the, was the state, no? but now you can pull this metaphor forward 
uh, into contemporary South Africa. And that is why we say that, you know, good writing doesn't, is not contained by the context in which it is written. So it, it, you can still remake the play today with the people as a prosecutor of the state, given what we have. Mm. You know, I, I just, it's quite fascinating, his transition in life. At eight, he was sent to a convent school, and then at 20, he, you know, he was involved in gang. And he was charged with murder of a rival <laughs> gang member, spending time in prison. And then there's this transformation then that, that happens where then he becomes this big writer, this, you know, iconic individual where now, mm. we, we, you know, he's actually our point of reference. So just looking at some of his work. They, you know, he's written poetry, autobiographies, and all that. But the autobiography called "Memory is the Weapon." Yes, 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 yes. I've been trying to 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 grasp and understand where that thought process was coming from. Oh, yeah. My one of also my favorites. He also had a, a an audio book of that particular uh, 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 writing uh, uh, project, right? So it's his biography, or autobiography, rather. Uh, uh, he writes it himself, right? So uh, reflecting on his life, and one of my favorite characters there, I think, is Brapijin. So he talks about the way that Brapijin walks. You know how, you know how the Pantolas mm-hmm. walk, and then, well, and then it was... Yeah, yeah, it was the era of the Americanos, and you know, and yeah, the way Platon would describe this Pratijin, it will completely flow you because you can see Pratijin walking because you've seen the types of characters. So the ability to capture, you know, a, a, a character and then make it live uh, in many ways uh, for me was what uh, drew me to to the writing of uh, Platon. But as you say, you know, Brazinga had a, a, a very fantastic history, complicated, if you like. Uh, you could look at this comparatively to the story of Malcolm X, right? Malcolm X uh, was uh, a hustler, a ghetto boy, uh, and doing all sorts of uh, Things that are called terrible, living outside, you know, the containers of of, of, of society at the time, you know, as a guy who really uh, what could be called a thug at the time, he lands in prison like Brandon. It's interesting that it is in prison that both these uh, gentlemen convert into Islam, right? Yeah. I don't know what's with Islam. I'm not a religious person, uh, but I, I'm observing here. So that both of them begin then to have from prison uh, this focus that uh, is going to propel them into greater heights, you know, and they begin to influence society from that moment when they come out of prison. I'm not sure what to make out of that, but I think it's a fantastic thing to observe. And then writing plays for children. Stories for children. Mm-hmm. From a jailbird. <laughs> to, it's, 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 it's a mind mess up, you know. 
to some degree in in a good in a good way because then you know he's he was so versatile in in his view to life and how mm. how things can change how your thought yeah, yeah. process can change how also you can change your 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 journey in life yeah look we need to be aware about the determination of the white world to criminalize black people right uh, because this is what it is uh, because most people go to jail as as we like because the circumstances you know force you in the direction and of course during apartheid you could be arrested for anything <laughs> uh, a scene in, in bopa a guy goes into the toilet bopa by pesinto a guy goes into the toilet and then here comes njandini the the cop who loves the system arresting and pulls him out so uh, just as an example of how it was easy during apartheid Right. And I'm not saying but don't even do anything. But a lot of us would have this background when where one way or the other you've been through these cells. I've been through myself, not for anything, but you know, uh, you know, it was those kinds of things. So I I'm reflecting on this because when you say people are jailed birds also it, it creates a particular stigma that needs to be problematized, if you like. So, yes, uh, people do come into these circumstances. And these circumstances, they can either conquer them or allow these circumstances to defeat them. So, Bradon was able to conquer this particular notion of a jailbed. And the idea of writing for children, oh, this is what we all should be doing because you see uh, the, the the this is the foundation we should all be speaking to to the children and then find ways to 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 you know reach them and 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 i must say i mean when i said Radon, i was a child in, in some ways uh, but not not a kid you know that's a different so he's always had this thing about you know wanting to transform lives of young people and I think partly he was looking at his own growth and how perhaps he needed somebody to hold his hand. And I think he understood the need uh, to, 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 to do that. You know, so I think it's inspirational that, you know, a guy could come with that all that background that is complicated and stuff like that and still have that capacity, that openness to say, you know what, I, I want to write for children. But what is literature for children? You know, that uh, when I grew up, I used to listen to fables. Oh, I still I still listen to fables. I love fables. So-called stories for children, right? But when, when you read and listen, I mean, a, a, a story like, uh, for instance, Khodumodumo uh, uh, about this monster who swallows a whole village, and then there's a young boy who ultimately defeats Hodumodumo and cuts his stomach open and frees the people and uh, 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 of the village and the people and, and the cattle or the livestock and all. So this is a metaphor for freedom, mm. right? Freeing people from 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 incarceration. The, the, let's say that the, the stomach of Hodumodumo. 
was the incarceration. So this place, this story, if you like, applies back in the, it applies when you read the, the colonial encounter. It can still apply today if you, if you wanted to make something of the the, the character of the Kader. So okay, it, can, it can be a Kodumodumo, the Kader can be a character like Kudu who convinces the birds that they must take him to, to a feast in the sky. And when they get to the sky, uh, after they've given him the, their feathers, you know, he, then he, he told his birds, but look, let's call ourselves different names. And then he decided that his name was Luna Lotlid. So when the feast was uh, uh, put on the table, and the, the host said, you know, it means this is food for all of you. Yeah, but the, 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 that meant that also uh, Kudu could take advantage and say, guys, wait, 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 wait. you heard what the host said. This is Dijotalo Nalote, this is my food, so wait, uh, don't, don't embarrass us, your food is coming. And P- Kudu ends up eating all the food, right, and the drinks and all, until the birds realize that he's actually messing them up, he betrayed them. So they take back their feathers, and meaning what they're taking back their power. So Kudu had to fall. So children's stories, yeah, but you, you get it. Yes, so I they're do very, get it, yeah. they're very symbolic. So uh, uh, and that's the thing that I love about what we call uh, children's stories, fables, and stuff like that. That the images are so powerful. We are able to read, for instance, in the story of Kudu, the character of a man of the people. If you like, who says I will do things for you, and they give him their feathers. I mean, they give him their power, or they give her their power. Let's not also uh, tenderize this thing because we know they are very powerful women. Some some of them are rough. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah. So 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 could we that a character who who really really uh, yeah uh, is the the Kada, if you like. Really interesting history of Don Matera. And we're going to leave it at this point. Uh, Khafela, thank you so much for joining us on um, Morning Bliss. Quite an interesting individual, and we shall miss him. Really, really, we shall miss him. But you know what? History uh-huh. history never dies. I think he's in our history books, and we'll always go back uh, for reference. Thank you so much. And uh, you. Yeah. He lives in our hearts also. The books I can see. Thank you for a great interview. Thank you so much. Khafela Wamohohori, playwright, director, and um, artist, musician, arts educator, and activist, and just unpacking uh, Dr. Don Matera's history. And he was uh, um, honored. He was given an honorary doctorate um, degree in literature from the University of Natal and received fellowships from Sweden, America, continued to work with street children in uh, El Dorado community, also Muslim, and in 2004, that was I think 31st of July 2004, announced that he was retiring from public performances and now we know that he's passed on but his history lives. It's 20 minutes just before five and still to come, Service Delivery Watch, hundreds of fed up residents from at least 12 informal settlements in Kailicha last week Thursday marched to the community uh, training center to hand over a memorandum of demand calling for their refuse to be collected. Apparently it's not been collected for more than a couple of months. We get to find out more on the other side.